this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. So during this sermon series, I have been pulling from some of the key and early stories from Jesus's ministry, and I've been calling it In the Footsteps of Jesus. And of course, I couldn't share some of those stories without mentioning the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, each gospel writer has their own way of telling the story of Jesus's ministry. Matthew and Luke are the only Gospels to tell us about the birth of Jesus. Only John has the story of the miracle of the wedding at Cana. Matthew and Luke give us the Sermon on the Mount. And John has, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Of all the Gospels, they all tell about Jesus' death and resurrection, that week we call Holy Week. But other than that... The only story in all four Gospels that all tell the same story is our story today, the feeding of the 5,000. It was that important, it was that well known to the early church that all four Gospel writers tell the story. And today our storyteller is Matthew, and we're going to be in his Gospel in Matthew chapter 14, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 13, and I invite you to read along with me. And listen to these words. I want you to know that when our passage begins, Jesus has just received word that John the Baptist has been beheaded and he is trying to get away for a while. It says, Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place. The hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men, women, and children. Now the story begins with Jesus wanting to get away to a deserted place. His ministry is gaining steam. He is more and more well-known. And yet John is killed. He is beheaded by Herod. It is a reminder to everyone that Rome is still very clearly in charge And yet John had been his friend, his cousin. He had been the one to baptize Jesus. He was there at the very beginning of his public ministry. John had recognized Jesus for who he was and who he would be. 
So we know, we have to know that Jesus must have taken this news hard. And he wants to get away alone to a deserted place. And they pull up on shore and there they are. Word has already spread. The crowds are there and they all need him. They need Jesus. Can't you just hear it? Jesus, help me. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm in pain. Jesus, can you help my child? Can you help my mother? And he stops. He stays. He has compassion on them. I've always wondered if the disciples were annoyed by this change in plans. Jesus wants to get away to grieve this loss, and yet when he's faced with this immediate need of the crowds, he has compassion on them. And it reminds me in so many ways of all the ways I have encountered such deep suffering in my life. I think of places I've witnessed um, after Katrina in the Ninth Ward and the devastation that was too much for me to take in. I think of going to Haiti after the earthquake and seeing tent villages for as far as I could see and piles and piles of rubble everywhere. The devastation was so bad that I just honestly want to just plug my ears and close my eyes and turn away from it. But that is not how Jesus works. He stops and he has compassion on this people and he stays with them all day teaching and healing and then it gets late and the disciples say, hey, Jesus, dismiss everybody. Let them go back into town so they can go back home and get something to eat. It's the practical thing to do. It's the realistic thing to do. Let's keep in mind here for just a moment the very real need that Jesus is meeting. Hunger. People are hungry. Give us this day our daily bread. That little phrase in that prayer that we pray every week. Give us this day our daily bread. That was and sadly still is the prayer closest to so many people's lives. They pray just to have food enough to eat today. One of my heroes in faith, Bishop Desmond Tutu from South Africa, he was a leader in his country and church in the post-apartheid world, and he had this wonderful quote. He says, I don't preach a social gospel, I preach the gospel, period. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is concerned for the whole person. When people were hungry, Jesus didn't say, now is that political or social? He said, I feed you. Because the good news to a hungry person is bread. We who sit with our bellies full and food piled in the pantry and the refrigerator right now, need not to forget how Jesus answers this practical need here of hungry people. He feeds them. And there were 5,000, 5,000 plus. This is a huge mass gathering, and they clearly didn't have enough. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> you give them something to eat. It must have seemed like a joke, frankly, like he's being sarcastic. And they actually reply back, we have nothing, nothing but five loaves and two fish. It's almost not worth mentioning, right? It's inconsequential. We have nothing 
but five loaves and two fish. It's a drop in the pan. Thousands of hungry people and just this little bit. Well, you know the end. Jesus asked them to bring what they do have to him, and he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he gives it to the disciples to pass out, and they start passing out all the food, and it never runs out. It actually mentions that they had leftovers, 12 baskets of leftovers. I love that detail. It's truly to me, it, it, my grandmother would be so happy knowing that there were leftovers, that everybody had more than their fill. That's how it is. That's how it works with Jesus. But I can't help but think, what if that miracle moment almost didn't happen because they wanted to offer Jesus their excuse? We've got nothing. Just five loaves and two fish. Their first instinct was to offer Jesus an excuse. How many times has Jesus asked you and I to do something? And we have offered him an excuse in reply. How many times? You think Jesus ever gets tired of hearing all our excuses sometimes? You give them something to eat, he tells them. Oh, I have nothing. You give them something to eat. Why me? Ask, ask Peter over here. He's got more than I do. You give them something to eat. Okay, well, maybe this isn't a great time for me. How about next week or next month? I, I'll get back at you. You give them something to eat. I'm not qualified. I know nothing about feeding mass groups of people. You give them something to eat. Okay, here's the deal. I'll give you one loaf. That's all I'm offering. See, I'm, I'm really good at coming up with excuses. I'm a natural at excuses, really. How about you? We're good, I think, all of us, at making excuses. And I wonder if we almost missed it, this miraculous moment, because at first what they wanted to say was we don't have anything. We don't have anything, but it's not true. They did have something. It was just five loaves and two fish, but it wasn't nothing, was it? I think it helps sometimes to remind ourselves as followers of Jesus that sometimes what we are asked to do is to simply offer what we have and leave the rest to him. And I don't know about you, but I find enormous freedom in that. <laughs> to not have to do it all, to fix it all. To just simply do what I have the power to do. To use the gifts that I have. There's a quote. I don't even know where it comes from anymore. But I always keep this quote close to my life in ministry. Because it's a good reminder for me. And it's a quote that says, Jesus doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. And there's a big difference. And I think sometimes if we can make being faithful our central focus, faithful to who Jesus is and to what his ministry is about, then we can leave the rest to him. And sometimes we find that the baskets never run out kind of excuses do you make? I remember 
a large hunger organization in East Tennessee, and they really served the whole eastern part of the state. And they had a program called Kids Cafe, and they would supply you the food and the meals for any group, really. It could be the Y or an after-school program or a church, any group willing to serve hungry kids. That was their requirement, serve low-income kids. And we started a kids' cafe at the local housing authority in their community room, in their kitchen. And once a week, quite simply, a sign would go out in front of their main building, kids' cafe, kids eat tonight, and the kids would come really quickly. It was 20, 30-plus kids coming. And out of this regular weekly free meal, all this wonderful other stuff began to happen. Uh, church came and did vacation Bible school every year, and um, church groups threw parties for the kids at Christmas time, and another group brought shoes for the kids and backpacks and school supplies, really wonderful things were springing up around this meal. Oh, a community garden happened. A gardeners came and did a garden in the back, and Homework help was happening, and it was a really wonderful thing. And then one day, I got a call from a staff person at the housing authority, and she said, I just got this letter in the mail, and I, I want you to come take a look at it. And I, I read the letter, and it said that in four weeks' time, the food deliveries would stop, that they were making the hard decision to cut all the kids' cafe programs and going in a new direction as an agency and I, I called the person on the letter. I know it was futile, but I, I called. And I told the lady, if you could just come and see all the life that happens around this one meal, you would see how important it is. And, of course, she said there was nothing she could do. And then I got to what I was really curious about, and I said, okay, well, can you tell me what other kids' cafes across the state are doing? What do you hear from other, other people right now? What are they going to do? She said, what do you mean? I said, can you give me a name of someone who's making a plan for something? And she said, I don't know of any other kids' cafe that's planning to stay open. And so I went to the meeting with the bare-bones group of volunteers that were faithful workers there, and I told them that of all the kids' cafes across the state, that this woman didn't know of any that were trying to stay open past this month. And they immediately said, we will. We will. And I, 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 I reminded them of all the good excuses. <laughs> oh, there's funding. There's, we need more volunteers. There's uh, restructuring. Somebody's got to organize the meals now. We'll do it. And they did. They reached out to the local food pantry. Can you be supply us our food? The food pantry was glad and honored to do it. And from there, they got it together. And the sign is still out. Kids Cafe. Kids come eat tonight. That's the thing. We serve a God whose love and grace and compassion overflows. There are leftovers to spare when it comes to Jesus. We serve a Savior who feeds the hunger within us in all its many forms with leftovers to spare. And church, this, this 
this is not a dress rehearsal. So what excuses are you still offering him? Amen.